Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Since 1882, Children's Home of Northern Kentucky has been a lifeline for children and families in crisis. Now known as CHNK Behavioral Health, its team of doctors, nurses, and therapists impacts nearly 4,000 kids and families every year. An array of mental health services including counseling, addiction treatment, and psychiatric residential care. CHNK also continues to care for abused and neglected youth who are in the state's custody. Right now, CHNK Behavioral Health is offering a free 10-minute conversation with a clinical therapist to help families dealing with the increased pressures caused by the ongoing pandemic. Visit www.chnk.org for more details or for the free conversation with a therapist, call 1-844-YES-CHNK. Robert Edward Huggins was born in September of 1953. Nickname Huggy Bear. He is currently the head basketball coach at West Virginia University, his alma mater. He previously had stops at Walsh, University of Akron. Of course, an incredible run here at the University of Cincinnati. One season at Kansas State. He was inducted into the Naismith Memorial Basketball Hall of Fame in this year of 2022. He is the third all-time winningest coach in the history of Division I men's college basketball behind only Mike Krzyzewski and Jim Beheim. He's been to the NCAA tournament 24 times, including 23 of the last 26. He's been to nine Sweet 16s, four Elite 8s, two Final Fours, one with UC, another at West Virginia, Bob Huggins, welcome. It is so nice to see you. How's everything in Morgantown? Tommy, it's great. You know, I'm just sitting here listening to you wax eloquently as you always do and uh, just enjoying the morning. Well, I, I, I can't thank you enough for, uh, for joining us. I want to go back to growing up in a household. I was looking up um, some of the accomplishments of your late father, Charlie Huggins. He won almost 400 games, lost around 70 won three state championships. You were around for all of that. What was life like growing up the son of a basketball coach? Hard. Hard. <laughs> uh, we had, there were seven kids, uh, three boys and, and four girls in, in the family. And, and uh, seven kids, mom and dad living in a trailer. Uh, it wasn't... Uh, it wasn't palestral, Tommy. I'll tell you that much. When, when, when you think about though, Bob, I, you know, I, I think, and in, in, in you've been around thousands of kids that you've recruited. You think about some of the life lessons you learn, no matter how it is you grow up. Um, and, and I'm assuming your dad, as a coach, was uh, an incredible disciplinarian, very demanding, probably the same as a dad. Um, what is, what is one thing? that you've taken away from that whole experience that stays with you every single day now as a man and as a coach? Well, I think when you, when you walked into practice, my dad had a clipboard and he had the, the schedule for the day and you couldn't have got done in a week what he had for a day. And, um, 
you just kind of walk in there and look at that schedule and shake your head and say it's going to be a long night. <laughs> uh, but I mean, he was he was um, he was he he probably did the fundamental things better than anybody I've ever been around. And and I think the thing that that I admired about him, particularly later on when I kind of got into the into this business, was he was always he was always searching to get better. You know, he was if he saw a, a, a coach or a team play that he, he really thought they did everything the right way, he would go see the coach and and, and sit and, and talk, you know, with with the coach and he was never he was he, he never got too big to learn. You know, and he was he was huge, uh, probably the, as well known a coach as there was in the state of Ohio. But he never, I mean, you wouldn't know it. Uh, he got inducted into the Ohio uh, Basketball Hall of Fame, and he 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 didn't want it. He he said, "No, I don't deserve it. I don't, I don't, I don't want it." And uh, you know, it's he was he was a very humble guy. You were a great player playing for him. Uh, you uh, come out one of the great players, one of the most recruited players in the state of Ohio, and you decide to go to Ohio University. You're only there for one year. Why one year there at OU? I didn't fit in. I mean, it just was uh, it, 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 the, the style uh, didn't, didn't fit me. Um, Walter Luckett was there, and, and quite frankly, Walter was way better than I was. And so I'm going to sit on the bench for four years and watch another guy play. Didn't didn't set very well with me. And, and my my grandfather, grandmother, grandfather on both sides, my mom and my dad, were still living here in Morgantown. And it seemed like uh, a good place to go. I mean, I was, I was born here, uh, lived here until I was, what, probably 11, 12 years old, and then moved to Ohio. So I knew people here. Um, it was comfortable, and it was a place where I felt like I could go play and make a difference. Well, and, and that you did. Um, Three-year starter, you uh, score over 800 career points, um, and you decide – had you decided already, Coach, when you were playing – and I know you got a tryout in the NBA – but had you decided already, even before you started college, I mean, I don't know, or maybe it was during college, that you wanted to be a basketball coach too? No, I wanted to play. I wanted to play. I, I uh, got an opportunity to try out with the 76ers, and uh, that was Doug Collins and World Be Free and that whole crew, and it didn't take very long to realize I wasn't in that group. So, but I, you know, I hung in there, hung in there, and I was, I was, I was officially the last one cut because I sat there until the other two guys that got cut walked out before <laughs> me. So I could always say I was the last one cut. Um, you, you, you come back and you become a grad assistant at, uh, at West Virginia. You get your master's degree. You graduate magna cum laude, by the way, with a double major, uh, in, in, in undergrad. Um, and so now you're embarking on your collegiate career, uh, your coaching career. You go from West Virginia to Ohio State, and then at 27 years old, uh, you get your first head coaching job at Walsh University. Uh, 
What, what was the difference between walking out of a big-time program under Eldon Miller at Ohio State, where you were an assistant, to now all of a sudden taking over at Walsh, where you're the guy? Well, I think, I think first of all, Coach Miller was uh, – Coach Miller was a, is, is to this day a wonderful guy. I mean, he just came down and spent a week with me uh, not long ago. Watched every practice, took notes. Uh, just an absolutely wonderful guy. And 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 Tommy, where where we grew up in the trailer where we grew up, if you went five miles one way, that's where Elton Miller lived. If you went five miles the other way, that's where Woody Hayes grew up. If you went five miles like over the river and up the hill, that's where Cy Young's buried. So. I've been blessed, man. I've been blessed to be around some of the some of the great minds and some of the great people in in college sports. And I was I was with coach for two years, and I just I wanted to do my own deal. You know, I thought I thought it was it was time for me to um, kind of spread my wings. And 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 it, and the truth of the matter is, they didn't want me. They wanted my dad. And they offered my dad, and he was he was going to take the job until he found out what the pay was. And then he said, "Listen, I got a great idea for you. Why don't you hire my son?" So, Walsh College called me, and it's it, it's kind of ironic that they came down. I I, I signed the contract. Uh, I was in I was in Columbus at the time. They they came down. I signed the contract, and probably no more than 10 minutes after they walked out the door, Malone College called me and offered me the job for about twice as much money. And I said, you know, hey man, I'm, I'm sorry, but I've already, I've already signed a, a contract. I'm, I'm not going to break a contract. So I ended up at Walsh. Well, it doesn't it take was... you long to get that thing rolling. I mean, you go 34 and one your final year there. The, the, the one thing I found curious, Bob, was that you left as a head coach at Walsh to become an assistant coach at the University of Central Florida. Why? Uh, when I when I when I tell you, you'll know why. Chuck Mayshock. Yeah, yeah. That's why. Enough said. Enough said. Chuck Chuck got the head coaching job and said, "Come on, you're going with me." And I mean, what, who was I to argue with Chuck? So I went miss to him every day. Him. I know you do too. No, miss him dearly. You're there with him, and then off you go to um, the University of Akron, and you get that thing rolling. You take him to the NCAA tournament. And now all of a sudden, here comes a program in the University of Cincinnati um, that had not been to an NCAA tournament since 1977. Um, A lot lot of tough times and dark days. They offer you the job. You take the job. What was your perception once you got the job of how bad things were at UC? Well, I had no idea. I had no idea. I, I went in there. I think there were five guys that interviewed the same day at the Dayton airport. And I was the, I was the last guy in. And, and uh, the first guy went in and he left. Hey, I'm, I'm sitting out in the car. And, and I go in, and the first thing that Rick Taylor asked me is, what's the last book that you read? I said, When Glory Mattered. And he asked me a couple questions about the book. I told him what I got out of the book, and 
then we started talking about the program and what was needed and so forth and so on. And he said, okay, uh, we'll get back with you. I got up to leave. Now I'm the fifth guy out. So I'm walking out and he said, oh, wait a minute. I have one more question for you. I said, yes, sir. What is that? He said, what's the last book you read? I said, when glory mattered. He said, okay, thank you. And I walked out. Well, later on, Bill Mulvihill, who was in the meeting, told me the reason I got the job was that I was the only one who didn't lie about the last book they read. <laughs> the other guys, the other guys gave gave one answer uh, when they when when Rick asked him uh, at the beginning of the interview, and another book when they were on the way out. So I got it for I, I got the job for not lying. I guess. How about that? Um... You know, I, I was announcing the UC games on television when, when, when you got the job here. And I think back to those first two teams. Programs, you know, you've been hit with some, some probation. Uh, and there were some heavily recruited players uh, that Tony Yates had brought in that, that you still had with the program. You had Lewis Banks, Andre Tate, Lavertis Robinson, and Key Starks. You bring in a guy from the football team and Steve Sanders because you know you're you're looking for bodies. As you look back in your career, could you ask for four or five bigger gamers than what those guys gave for you those two years? No, you know, and 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 Tommy, you hear you hear so much about you know that that group, you know, and and I didn't know I didn't know if they would stay. You know, I didn't know if they could, if they would uh, succumb to what I was going to put them through. And I'm sitting in, in, in the office there, the old office, and Laverse comes, he's standing in the door. And I said, come on in, man. And he said, I can come in. I said, yeah, come on in, sit down. Came in, sit down, and we talked for a while. And I said, why'd you ask if you could come in? He said, coach, I've never been in here. And I said, well, you're welcome here anytime. And, and he says, coach, I'm here. I'm staying. I'm not, I'm not going anywhere. And then shortly after, Lou Banks pops his head in the door. And, and then Andre Tate and Keith Starks. And, you know, I, I, I owe a lot to those guys, you know, for, for believing in me and, and, and believing in the University of Cincinnati. You end up taking those teams to the NIT, and now comes 91-92. You bring in a slew of junior college players. Nick Van Exel, Herb Jones, Corey Blunt, Eric Martin, um, Terry Nelson. Uh, you get a transfer. Uh, the, the, the real leader of that group that came, you had him in Akron, in Anthony Buford. First of all, I, I want to ask you, do, did and do they still – Junior college players get a bad rap for whatever reason. Absolutely. We've got we've got my my two bigs right now are junior college players and they're wonderful. I mean they they are they're, they're great academically. They are the nicest people you could ever be around and they can play. You know, they they they've been very good so far. So yeah, I mean, I think I think to to a large degree, Tommy, they're more prepared. 
you know, and, and they've and they've had it hard. You know, junior college isn't an easy thing. And and I think they're 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 more prepared, they're 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 more excited about the opportunity, I guess is the best way to put it. And so yeah, I I I love those guys. And and that team you go to the final four. Uh did you see that coming for that group in that short amount of time, all, all coming together and that first year together, Final Four, following year, Elite Eight. But did you see the Final Four thing or the possibility of it coming? Tommy, I can tell you this. I have been blessed to coach a bunch of, of All-Americans. I mean, I've been blessed to coach a bunch of guys that were pros. The best guy that I've ever coached is Herb Jones, with, without a question. And I think to a man, every one of those guys on that team will tell you that Herb was the guy. And I think, you know, when, I, when we were fortunate enough to uh, be able to recruit uh, Herb, and, and Steve Muller did a terrific job in recruiting him. Um, and then we get Corey, Terry, and Eric you know, because they were all friends, they were all together. Let's just go together. So we get those three guys. So, you know, you got and 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 Nick. Nobody knew how good Nick was. You know, we 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 watched him and actually it was Mo and I and and really really liked him. But you know, people were saying, "Oh, he can't. You know, he won't do this. He won't. He was fantastic." And you know, so. It, it it wasn't coaching. We had really good players, and we had we had really good players. Well, co and coaching had something to do with it. You can be humble about it, but it, there's no doubt about it. I mean, to bring a bunch of guys that have never played together before in any sport, and all of a sudden th this whole thing just like perfect fit. Maybe not every game was perfect fit, but you know what I'm getting at. And to make that kind of run, the Final Four and the Elite Eight is just extraordinary. The, the next nine years, you win 23 or more every season. You go seven straight years of winning 25 or more. Now we come to 99-2000. Number one ranking in the country for 12 weeks. You've got the National Player of the Year in Kenyon Martin. You're starting in the conference tournament, and in the very first game, three minutes in, Kenyon Martin breaks his leg. What did you say to Kenyon Martin after that game? I'm sorry. Um, Kenyon was Kenyon was a, an absolute joy to coach, joy to be around. Uh, he and I still talk uh, quite a bit. I did, just talked to him. I think it was last week. We had a we had a long conversation and talked about the old days and talked about the future and and and, and everything else. But what a, what a, what a great person and and. It just, it just. Uh, I think, I, I think, I think, as a coach, it's the hardest thing I've ever gone through. To see him, see him, go down, you know, and then we go to the Final Four here at, at West Virginia, and my best player, who was a wonderful, wonderful human being, who's working for the New York Knicks now, tore his knee up, and. You, you know, you, you sit there and you say, why, you know, why, why, why those guys, they did everything right. Why? You know, you could see it, but some guy who was, you know, 
cut corners, did did everything humanly possible to make things worse. Those two guys were two guys that did everything right. And um, why them? You know, why and Kenyon Steele was a guy just kind of rolled into him. It was a it was a down screen. It was a cross screen down screen, and the guy just rolled into him. And, and Ken had his foot planted. So it, it's it's still man. I I uh, I don't I don't really think try to think about it much. I don't really talk about it much. You know, with I'm with when I'm with Kenyon, we we talk about a lot of things, but we very rarely, if ever, talk about that. What did you say to that team? I mean, I, 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 look, the, the, these are these are smart young men, uh, and, and they know they've just lost the best player in the country, uh, and 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 hopes of a national championship and and all those kinds of things. And you still had a lot of other really good players, but I mean, he was the man. How do you try to hold that thing? What did you do to try to hold that thing together? He did more than I did. Uh, he was he was in the locker room, you know, before every practice. You know, hey, we got to go out here. We got to get better today. He was uh, he gave a talk before every game about how, hey, listen, it's not over with, man. We, you know, we we got to go do this. Everybody's got to step up, step your game up. He was phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal. Nancy Zimfer is uh, public enemy number one around here uh, for many who love UC basketball and love Bob Huggins. And, and I mean, this town still loves Bob Huggins. Is Nancy Zimfer, is, uh, is she the reason that you were no longer at the University of Cincinnati or, or is, it, is, it, is, it, is it far more than that? It's more than that. There, there were a couple others involved. Did 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 you do did you think you had any chance of survival here? Not not no not with Bob going as the athletic director. You regret not being here. I mean, I I don't I don't want to ask you that because you have a great job and people who love you there at West Virginia. But but was there a part of you that died when you left this job? I loved I love Cincinnati. I love Cincinnati. I love the people there. I mean, how can you how do how do you beat uh, every time you open the doors? You got thirteen one seventy six. We used to scrimmage, and, and and I I did it. I talked to Rick Menner and said, you know, maybe maybe we can scrimmage, and some people will come in, and we'll kind of try to usher them into the football uh, stadium, and. I don't think we played a game where there wasn't thirteen one seventy six there, mm -hmm. Tom. And on on Saturday mornings, we would just scrimmage, and people would show up, and we'd have a couple thousand people there watching a scrimmage on Saturday morning. I mean, how do you how do you not love the people of Cincinnati and and how much they love UC basketball? You leave UC, you go to you're out for a year. You go to Kansas State for a year, and now here comes your alma mater, uh, West Virginia. Um, your your uh, third season, just like at UC, 
you take West Virginia to the Final Four. Uh, you lose to Duke there. Was it? Is there anywhere to? Can you compare losing a Final Four game the first time compared to losing a Final Four game the second time? Or are they both just in their own way, just just really, really tough? Well, you see, we lost the best player in the country who I don't think anybody in their right mind would think we weren't going to win it if Kenyon doesn't break his leg. We're playing Duke and the best player in our league, Deshaun Butler, tears his knee up. And, you know, I don't, I don't care what anybody says when, when your heart and soul, your best player gets carried off the floor. I mean, you got guys in the huddle crying, man, and they're and, and they're crying because because they love him and what he's done for them, what he's done for the team, and uh, it's just, I mean, emotionally, it's hard to it's hard to combat that. I mean, it's just everybody everybody is so so down, and and the truth of the matter is, they're more concerned about what's going on in the locker room with those guys than playing a game. Hard to believe uh, this is your 16th year at West Virginia. Um, over your 15 years, you know, one year they didn't play the tournament because of COVID. Take them to the NCAA tournament virtually every single year. How hard is it, Bob, to recruit in Morgantown, West Virginia? Not that hard, really. It's it, it's a great place. I mean, the it's it's a great university. Uh, there there are great people here. Uh, I think once people get here and and see, I mean, we've 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 got guys now. You know, with the portal and everything, we've got guys from all over the place, and they love it here. I mean, they absolutely love it here. And and I think what surprises most people is they stay here. They don't leave. You know, there there are, are some obviously that leave for jobs and you know other things, and and that that's I think that's the other thing. I mean, our guys have come out of here and got terrific jobs, and and uh, but it's it's it, it's a place where you know once you get here, it's it's hard to leave. Yeah, it, it's a phenomenally beautiful place, and like you said, a great school. You were kind enough to allow me to come talk to your team a couple of years ago when I was going through a really uh, tough time and. And, and, and boy, what a great place. Um, players talk about you, Bob, like a father. And, and I was doing some research last night, and not many people like to talk about these kinds of statistics, but they are real and they are factual. In the African-American community, and this is in the United States of America, 67% of African-American children are born into a single-parent household. Whites are at 24%. In the inner cities of the United States of America, African-American children, 85%, are into single-family households. In a lot of cases, Bob, you are a second parent to these kids. How challenging as time has gone by and that number continues to increase, how challenging is that for you? 
I don't think it's a whole lot different, Tom. I mean, you know, I think I, I guess I guess I learned probably at Walsh, you know, it, that you, you kind of you got to give, you know, you got to give a little bit. You got to you got to you got to know that they care about that, that you care about them and that, you know, it's not it's not all basketball. You know, it's 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 getting an education. It's it's being able to to get a job and and you know fortunately um you know i've been in situations where i knew people where i could help them get good jobs when they were done i i've been in situations where you know we've we've been able to uh get the help that that some guys needed you know academically i mean for all the all the bs that went on at uc and there was a ton of it our guys did pretty doggone well. And, and, and you, you look at where they are now, you know, they're not living in the hood. They've got, they've got good jobs. They've got great families. Um, they're not anything what a lot of people portrayed them to be. And, 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 and I think that's the, that was the sad thing. That was the, that was, that was the sad thing there. And, you know, then you throw on top of that, you get an athletic director who is uh, more concerned about uh, himself and, and making money. And, and, and uh, Dr. Steger said to me, are you sure, you know, that, that we need to bring this guy in? I mean, after all, he did take guys off of the, off of the uh, stadium project and had him put a roof on his house. And I'm like... Well, I mean, I knew him a long, long time ago. He was assistant AD here when I played here. And, and that's, that's the only time that I, I really knew him. But uh, we, just, we just had some, we, we, we had some people that were, it wasn't about the University of Cincinnati and it wasn't about our basketball team or our football team. It was about them. It was about them and them uh, furthering himself, making more money, being able to get more money. It was, you know, and, and, and Tommy, you know, it's not like I'm perfect. I'm not. But you know what? I've never gone in and asked for a raise anywhere I've ever been. I'm still working on the same contract that I signed here 16 years ago. Hasn't changed not one single bit. It's what they offered me. And, I mean, I'm, I'm good with that. Now, there are other people that, I mean, they can't get enough. And in the meantime, they hurt people. And that's wrong. I mean, that's, that's dead wrong. And, and unfortunately, we had people at the University of Cincinnati who hurt people. And you shouldn't have the right to do that. Do kids, are you finding it harder and I joke around about this on this show all the time. I mean, I coached my son and daughter's basketball teams from the time they were in kindergarten through the sixth grade. And, you know, I always felt like kids needed to be pushed and they needed to be challenged. And you could say certain things to certain kids. You knew who they were um, and, and you knew who they weren't. Um, do, are you finding it harder to find kids that want to be coached and don't mind being coached hard? No. 
No, and I think I think the reason being, um, they know who I am. They know who I am. They know what I stand for. And they've also seen the guys come here and they all leave with something pretty good, be it a basketball career, uh, be it in petroleum engineering, being it in whatever it is that they that that they're going to spend the rest of their life doing, and and they see that. I mean, they see that we care. They they see that you know they see that the relationship that we have with guys. Um, I mean, I, I I've got guys that, that I've got maybe a couple of guys where people say you're going to take him. He's, he's not coachable. Of course he's coachable. You, you just, you've just got the right buttons and, 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 and they got to know you care about them, man. I mean, if they know you care about them, they're all in. And I think I've been fortunate enough to, to get guys that, that, that do know that I care about them. And, and it's, you know, it's not, it's not the three years or four years or one year that they're here or they were at University of Cincinnati. It's a lifetime, man. It's a lifetime. And I, and I think, I think, you know, you've seen that with my guys. Yep. You know, they, they know that I care about them and they know I'll do whatever I need to do to help them. Is that what you say to, to, to a, a parent or parents or to a kid? Cause I mean, look, you, you're going in and recruiting these guys that are getting recruited by everybody, or in some cases recruited by everybody. I think the most amazing thing maybe about your coaching record in tenure is the fact that compared to the guys that are on that top 10 all time list, I mean, these guys are getting blue chip, blue chip, blue chip, four, five, six, seven of them in one recruiting class. And I think, correct me if I'm wrong, I think the only guy that, that you ever got to come to Cincinnati and, for that matter, West Virginia, that was a bona fide top, top guy was Danny Fortson. Um, is that accurate? I mean, am I right on that? DJ. Yeah. D right. DJ was. Yeah. 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 But, 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 but how are you able to – because you, you, you're not some you, – you're not a salesman. You're not some guy that's a lot of flash, your buddy Cal, and, you know, some of these guys that can come in there in their fancy suits and all this kind of stuff. How's Bob Huggins selling himself in West Virginia when you only have a short amount of time with a kid? Go talk to the players. Go talk to the players. They're going to be honest with you. I tell, I tell parents that. Go, go, go ask them. I mean, I could, I could say whatever, whatever, you know, and, and I, I mean, thank God my, my parents raised me to tell the truth, which obviously some guys don't, but I think it, I think it, it has way more of an impact when they hear it from the players. I'd ask them questions, go ask them questions. You, if you, if you are worried about this or that, go ask them, see what they tell you. You're coming to Xavier this weekend. Boy, you had some battles through the years as a coach of the University of Cincinnati against Xavier. Uh, you excited about the trip back? Uh, I don't know. I haven't really thought that much about it. You know, every time every time Xavier comes up, what I think about is Skip Prosser and, and what a wonderful 
wonderful human being he was. And, and you know, Skip and I used to used to get together and, and we, we kind of made a pact that when I, I was done at UC and, and he was done at Xavier, we would go meet at his watering hole one week and my watering hole the other week. And then we could sit there and talk and laugh and tell stories and, and just, just have a big time. And, uh, I was, I was looking forward to that. And I, I know he was as well. And it's a, wow, what a, I mean that you talk about something hitting you hard. I was with him the night before, you know, we went and got, got a bite to eat. He and Dino and, you know, the whole group, I was, I was sitting right there with them and, uh, wow. What a, what a blow that was. Is the whole dislike of the UC Xavier rivalry, and I know you've been gone from it for a long time now, but was there ever, ever a point in time, and, and look, I announced a lot of those games, and man, I, uh, uh, it, it, it was pretty nasty, especially there during the, the, the Pete Gillen uh, regime there at, at, at X. I thought that's when it was at its most nasty. Not saying that he's to blame for that, but that just seemed at the point in time. Was there ever a point in time where you thought that rivalry was was starting to border on being too much? Never really thought about it. The only time I ever thought about it was when we were getting ready to play. I didn't, I didn't pay much attention to it. I got I had too many other things going on. I had too many other. I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to get our team to back to the Final Four. I'm, that's that was my my concern. Trying to get our guys better. You know, trying to make sure our guys are doing everything that they need to do to be successful. I didn't really, I don't get caught up in a lot of that. You know, I, I mean, I honestly don't. I, I, I never have. You know, I've got a lot of very dear friends in coaching. You know, but it's not like it's not like I, I, I call Bill Self or Bill Self calls me. You know, every day. I mean, we talk. You know, we we talk when we need to talk. Um, uh, same thing with all the guys in our league, you know. I mean, I'm, I'm friends with all those guys, but and we don't, we don't belabor it, you know. Mm. I mean, it's just if if there's something we need to talk about, we do. Third winningest coach of all time. Do Do you ever find yourself thinking about that? Every time that people say that, I think, damn, I'm old, you know. <laughs> but you're really not. I mean, I was looking back up through some of the. I mean, I, I mean, by the grace of God, you're healthy and you want to keep doing it. And I know you're not thinking this, but when you just start adding up the number of wins per year you have averaged, and a lot of people like us who have nothing to do with our time, like you, you know, you're busy, but the rest of us, uh, it's not inconceivable that one day you're not the all-time winningest coach in the history of basketball there has to be bob sometime you i mean sometime in the summer maybe you're having a cigar you're having a beer whatever it is and you're sitting on the back porch there has to be some time where you've said wow i i look at uh which I don't, I don't look at very often, but when they come up on TV, what Mike Krzyzewski's done, I'm happy for Mike. I mean, I, that, that, I don't think that'll, that will ever 
uh, be broken the, the games that Mike's won. And I know I know Jim Beheim's going to make a run, but uh, you know those those two guys are those two guys are two guys that I I looked up to you know in the, in the coaching profession as as a as a younger coach. Um, I played I played against Coach Beheim's teams when I was when I played here at West Virginia. We we, we played them we played them a couple times a year. So, I mean, I'm happy for those guys. I mean, I'm happy for anybody who has success in this business. Uh, long time coming. Um, you know, long, long time coming. Your uh, induction this year to the Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame. Um, your, your speech was amazing. Um, where were you when you got the call? Was it a call that you had expected to get before now? Well, everybody kept talking about it. So it's, you know, it was, it was hard not to, to think at least a little bit about. I was sitting right here at my desk. I was sitting right here at my desk and they called and said that, uh, that I was going to be inducted. And when you got there, was it a bigger deal than even you perhaps had pictured it to be in your own mind or thought it would, would it might be in your mind? You know, what was really neat, Tommy, is, is the, the, the fact that they, they called me, actually, I was, I was in Florida. I was, I was in Florida taking a break and, and I got a call and they said that, uh, that, you know, you had to have a presenter, you needed a presenter or two. So... I hang up, called Jerry West right away. And Jerry said, I'd love to do it. And, you know, Jerry and I talked for a while and, and it was, you know, it, I mean, what a, what a great guy he is. And, and he's been unbelievable to me, much like what Oscar was for me at, at Cincinnati. I mean, I, I could talk to Oscar and, and, you know, bang some things off of Oscar and Oscar was, you know, like Jerry, they're very much to the point. You know, they tell you really what they thought. And, you know, you could take that and run with it. But, and then, then I got done talking to him and I thought, well, my, I should call Rod Thorne. So I called Rod. I mean, both of those guys are Hall of Famers. Uh, so I called Rod and asked him if he would be a presenter. And he said, absolutely. And uh, that was it. Last question. Your team is off to a uh, a six and one start this year. Your only loss against a really good Purdue team. How do you like your team? Is it a different kind of team, maybe, than you had in years past? Uh, is it a different kind? Yeah, we make shots once in a while. That's rather refreshing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what? Um, for everything about the portal and obviously we we dabbled in the portal like like most teams did our guys really get along you know they 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 really get along they really like each other you know you don't we don't we don't have like loners you know that kind of there you see our guys they're always together um i mean it's been a to this point anyways i mean it's been it's been a lot of fun actually you know, it's not that, not that they're perfect or I'm perfect, but 
it's it, it's been fun. I mean, we don't guard the way we need to guard. We don't rebound the way we need to rebound. I mean, those are two things that we've got to get a lot better at if we're gonna if we're gonna make a run here in March. But you know, they'll, they'll work at it. They'll try. You know, they and and they're they're very very coachable. So you know, I'm I'm. I'm happy. Uh, you know, Larry Harrison's been with me for seems like a hundred years. Um, and, and having Larry there, you know, on the bench and Larry knows me and I know Larry and, you know, we, we bang things off of each other and, and, uh, Larry's a heck of a basketball coach. So I can't, I can't ask for a whole lot more. The people here have been fantastic. Uh, the, the, the people in the state of West Virginia have been absolutely fantastic we're drawing more people uh than anybody ever believed could be done here because people have to travel so far i mean we got people traveling three four hours to come and watch a basketball game turn around drive home and it's 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 not like driving down 77 you no know I mean? no no it's not no 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 it's uh it, it's a little it's a little rougher than that and 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 they still come you know, they still come, they still support. I think our last, a year ago, our last, whatever it was, three or four games, we were sold out. I mean, there wasn't a seat in the house not taken. And and that's never happened here. I mean, it's never, ever happened here. Uh, it, it, it probably happened when they were playing in Stansbury Hall when Jerry was there and, and, and Rod and Rod were there, you know, when, when Thorne and Hunley were there, but never in the Coliseum here. And I mean, what I'm, I'm thankful. And I mean, what's not to be happy about? Well, coach, I, uh, I can't thank you enough for everything that you meant to me in, in, in my career and in my life. Uh, and, and I say that, you know, that from the very bottom of my heart, I, you know, um, wherever I've gone uh, along the road from Cincinnati to Chicago, to, to Arizona, back to Cincinnati and all points in between, Whenever your name always comes up, um, I'm your number one fan and, and number one booster, and, and I'm rooting for you to win every single game, and that includes this Saturday. So if that ticks off some Xavier fans, and uh, hell with it. I'm not worried about it. But, uh, They'd find something out about if you didn't, if you, if you didn't say <laughs> They'd find something else, believe me. Yeah, you're, you're lying about that. Bob, thank you so well, much. They, it, no, I, I just going to say, you know, some people like to be unhappy, you know. So, God bless him. God bless him is right. Bob, God bless you, and thank you for your time today. I really appreciate it. Tommy, always a pleasure, man. Enjoy it. We'll see you this weekend. Sounds great. Looking forward to it. Bob Huggins, kind enough to join us today for an extended period of time. The big interview, the guy, I'm telling you, uh, the guy's the best. He's the best. Uh, when I got fired... Uh, from all my jobs two years ago, two and a half years ago, uh, he invited me to come speak to his team um, and to share with them some of the things you can say and some of the things you can do that can really screw up the rest of your life, whether you're a, an 18-year-old kid playing college basketball in Morgantown, West Virginia, or at the time a 56-year-old uh, professional in Cincinnati, Ohio. Uh, and, and had such an McBride and that whole group that he had down there. It was, uh, it was unbelievable.
and I'm forever indebted to that guy, Bob Huggins. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.